All right, so glad you're here. The uh, youth, you're going to the back there with uh, Jennifer, and you'll be heading downstairs, and the XP's already happening, nursery's going on, we're going to be doing some other stuff as we go. I did want to uh, welcome you and say thanks for joining us, not only in person, but those of you that are online. This uh, coming week, as we're moving forward with the Gospel Rescue Mission, uh, with uh, the, village, the house church in Oak Creek, and all that that's happening, we're very excited about what God is all about and what he's doing and that we're blessed to serve him and be in this place with him. Church, uh, I know some of you were here um, last week for the Rodeo Sunday, and in that, some people missed the horse racing, didn't know what was happening. I did tell you we would have horse races, and we did. It wasn't the ponies. Some of you thought that the ponies were part of that, but they weren't. But we have a little video to show you a little bit about what happened in and uh, how that happened last week. And so I just want you to know this is what you missed if you weren't here, and we'll show it to you right now. <laughs> All right. I, I, so, as you can tell, uh, Eric's going to get horse riding lessons for his birthday this year, and uh, he, he almost won, but then he cheated, and he got disqualified in the end, and so Renee ended up winning the adult uh, section of the horse races, but it was a great time. We had a good time of fellowship, very grateful for that time that we can be together, and uh, just to be as a family of God. It was fun. I watched that happening all around the campus. Thank you so much for your time of service and being here and donations and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I just want you to know nobody got seriously injured there, uh, not only in that one, but the other ones as well. Um, at this time, I want you to also know that we voted unanimously as a board to begin uh, engaging with, as a satellite campus, the house church that is in Oak Creek, a village up there, which is south of Sedona. If you're going up into the Sedona area, you go through Oak Creek first before you hit the uh, city of Sedona. And uh, that church, last Sunday and throughout this week, they voted themselves to be a part of this, and so many of them may be watching this. Yeah, we're very excited about what God's doing. We don't want to do anything that he's not a part of, and we want to be everything about what he's a part of. And so we are not only beginning the live stream at the Gospel Rescue Mission starting next Sunday every week from now on, but we'll also start in two weeks live streaming our services, and we're working with them on the campus up there in the village of Oak Creek. And we believe God's going to continue to do that, and we're excited about what he's doing. So will you be praying? Now, we prayed all week, and you guys joined us, and so did the board, and I appreciate that. But, you know, we're going to continue to pray as God leads us through that. There's a lot of things that we are looking for God to do in that process and everything that's happening involved and around that. So the next thing I want to do is I want to introduce you a very special couple and their little girl that's with us. So Pastor Micah and uh, Caitlin and Charlotte are here from Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and I'm bringing them up to introduce them to you. Um, I don't know who's in security, but you might let, uh, if you guys have a radio, if you'd let me let them know. Uh, when I'm done with what we're going to do with them, they're going to walk around and visit the different ministries. So one of you security people probably have to go with them to let them in some of those places, okay? So I want to introduce you, this wonderful family, uh, servants of God. Hi, babe. Uh, that's sweet. She wanted to come to me. Uh, you see how she like, yeah. They, 
They came to us on Thursday, and she's already stolen my wife and I's heart. She's, like, amazing. And, uh, yeah, just like that, you know, it's like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> That's the blessing of being a grandparent. You just, like, give them whatever they want and hand them back, and you're good to go. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, this is them. So here is Pastor Micah, Caitlin, and little Charlotte. They uh, are in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and that's where they live currently, seeking God's direction. We've interviewed them a couple times on the phone, and now they're here in person as we are looking at what God wants with this relationship, and if they're going to come, you're our doll, (laughs) if they're going to come to be our next-gen pastor, assistant pastor here at the church. And so what we ask, and we've been asking you to pray, and we're asking that as well to continue as we move forward, because all we want is God's will in this process, and wanting to know uh, if this is something that God would desire for them and for us together as we work for the kingdom of God. So we're asking God for clarity on that. You know, it's a natural thing to love people, and we love them. We love them the first time we talk to them. That's the family of God, and that's what happens, right? So it's, (laughs) you can help me out? Uh, No, it's fine. (laughs) So, you know, it's easy to love them, and... uh, it's very easy to love this little girl. She's amazing. Uh, she's like this all the time. I mean, she wakes up in the morning smiling and talking, so she kind of reminds me of myself. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yes, just seeing if you're awake. Uh, anyway, so we're seeking God's direction and his will in all things. <laughs> uh, and what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray over them. So we ask you to join with us not only today as we pray over them, but in, and after they leave, so they're here through Tuesday. They came here Thursday. They're here through Tuesday, and they'll be flying back to Bartlesville and just seeking God's direction and will as they pray and as we pray for his purpose and plan for their life. So church, would you extend your hands towards this couple uh, as we pray for them? She's fine. You know, oh, there you are. I was, I was looking for you, baby. I'm glad you're up here. <laughs> Father God, we love you. We're so grateful for Jesus, and thank you for the family of God. Lord, we thank you for... Pastor Micah and Caitlin and little Charlotte, and that, Lord, you have even allowed us to have them in our lives and just the relationship that you've given already. Thank you. God, as we seek you, we just seek your will and your direction in all things. We're just asking for you to make it clear. Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're asking for clarity and purpose and direction in their hearts and in their lives and what you have for them. For, Lord, that's all we seek is your will. We ask you to bless them, protect them, keep them, bless and honor their marriage, their covenant together, protect them from the evil, and we speak against him and all that he would try and do. And we ask for just a unity and a love and to know that they are walking in the center of your will in every decision that is made. We ask this in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So thank you. I just want you to know them, and they're going to be walking around, and you can introduce yourself at the church. Thanks, babe. Glad you came up. Bye, Charlotte. Bye-bye. I love you. (laughs) how can you not love that little face it's amazing isn't it yes so good so yeah excited about what God's doing right and uh, he is working God is working and he's doing things and I'm humbled and blessed to be a part of what God is doing I want to share with you what God has laid upon my heart as we continue forward listening to the spirit of God observing what God's word says to us and us stepping in in full obedience to what the word of God says to us and what he's calling us into. Are you ready to hear, if you have not already and you should have during the worship service, you should have not only heard from God, but you should have been engaging in him in worship, but are you ready to hear from his word what God wants to say to you? If you are, say yes. Yes. You're opening yourself up to something. You do know that, right? We open ourselves up. We have to be vulnerable and let God speak as he wants to speak to us. 
And so as we continue forward in our individual walk with God and our corporate walk with God, so each and every one of us has a walk with God where you and I walk with him in relationship, and then there's the corporate walk, which is the body of Christ, the church. And we are called and engaged in both. I'm telling you right now, flat out, the scriptures teach us you can't be an independent body out there and not be part of a body. You have to be part of a body. You're no good by yourself. And we need each other and we have to walk together in this faith that God has called us into because we need each other. So church, it's not about that. So if you have friends that say that they don't go to church, they're Christians and all that, they're walking against the truth of God's word. One amen. That's all I'm looking for. Thank you. All right. So it's God's word. It's not me. It's not my rules. I'm not trying to get everybody to come to this church. I'm saying you have to be part of the body of Christ, which is a gathering of believers that comes together to worship God, be challenged in their walk, corrected, encouraged in their faith, and go out and be the church. That's the whole point that God is teaching us in his word. Okay, so there's a lot of confusion about what a Christian is and what that, all that stuff means to us. And as we're walking in this stuff, going along this stuff, I'm talking about the Christian life, you know. So <laughs> as you're walking with Jesus and you're walking in this life, I uh, have the privilege of being your pastor and I engage with you and you engage with me and many people have throughout the years and they ask me to pray for friends or relatives that they talk about have cancer or other issues or situations in their life. My very first question to anyone that asks me that is, how is their walk with Jesus? Do they know him? That's what's most important, right? I want everybody to hear me. We're all going to die of something. It's not that I don't care about the physical. Absolutely pray for it. But we're all going to die of something, and eternity's real. And so what I want to know is, is that person ready to stand before God? That's the most important thing I can pray for. If they don't know Jesus, that's our primary prayer, not their healing. Are you listening? Church, it's not about their physical healing. It's about their spiritual life and their soul. Because even if God healed them, if they don't serve him, they're still going to hell. Okay, so as we look at that, I'm saying, what's their walk with Jesus? It, do they have one? Are they saved? And I can't tell you how many Christians tell me, well, uh, I'm, I know they believe in God. I know that they believe in Jesus. And, but, you know, I'm like, okay, now I know how to pray. Because obviously, there's something needed in their understanding of God and their salvation through Jesus Christ. And we as Christians should already know that. There shouldn't be a question about anybody if they walk with Jesus or not. Remember, we read the scriptures last week, and it says that he has made us a light, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So Jesus is the one that said that. So people that follow Jesus are to be seen and known as Jesus followers. Therefore, what I'm saying to us is when our friends, family, relatives, uh, people that we work with and all that stuff, when we're not sure, we are sure they're not. That's not a judgment. That's just reality. It's the reflection of God's word, church. People are a light or they're not a light. We're a light or we're not a light. We are following Christ or we're not following Christ. It's pretty simple to see. God's word is very clear to us. This is not legalism. This isn't Dave's ideas. It's Jesus' own teaching to us. Church, we've got to wake up to know the truth of Jesus Christ and what we're called to live and then what we're called to share about that life. And people are going to hell every day uncertain about their relationship with Jesus. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. 
And so as we're walking forward, I, I want us to hear something that God's word says this is not something we can be uncertain about. When I ask people, uh, do you know that you, do you have a walk with Jesus and are you walking in obedience to him? Well, I hope so. It's not like I hope so. It's not I hope so. I'm either in or out. I know or I don't. And I'm glad I have a no-so salvation in Christ. That's not an arrogant statement by me and you'll understand that as we go through the word of God. It's an af absolute affirmation of who God is and what he is doing and has done in my life and every other believer's life. I know I'm saved. That's not an arrogant statement. That is faith, knowing what God has said to me, about me, and what he's done for me. And if you don't know you're saved, you can know you're saved. You need to know that, not hope that, not have like this little wish thing that you got in your pocket. Eternity's real. You're going to heaven or hell. I think you need to know that. How about it, church? Do you want to know you're going to heaven? I think it's important. I, I hope you're not just in church just checking a box and thinking, hey, scored some points today. I hope I get enough points to make it. You won't. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 7. These are some of the scariest verses you'll ever hear read. Anything you'll, this is, remember, Jesus speaking. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. I'm going to read more, but we're going to pause because, see, a lot of people were just like banking on the faith only thing and not the life and the expectations after. You know, just because someone said a sinner's prayer, we say, oh, they're going to heaven. Well, I think Jesus has something to say about that. And I think he ought to know since he's the one, not me and you and not our feel-good ideas. Jesus says very clearly, not everyone who even says, Lord, Lord. In other words, those who even say who he is and they know who he is, they're going to make it. There's a doing part. This is the part a lot of people don't want to like hear, listen to, or understand, or experience. We're not talking about neither is Jesus doing to be saved. Nope. He says that you will do if you are saved. And the doing is following the Father's will. And what he says to us. And therefore, a Christian life is demanded of God and expected of every believer. I'm getting a ring in my voice. I'm getting loud. I understand. I'm going to keep doing that. So you might want to adjust that for me. All right, you ready? Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord... Now get this, church. Listen now. This is the part where you ought to be like, ooh, yeah, I got to hear that. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, there's, we were just singing something that goes right into this, right? There is power in the name of Jesus. There is and he says right there that there are going to be people who prophesy in his name, in the name of Jesus, do exorcisms in the name of Jesus, miracles happen in the name of Jesus, but they do not make it. How in the world can that happen, church? Well, I want you to know, the thing is, is that we either have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ personally, or we don't. But there is still power in the name of Jesus and in the power of God to do things even through broken, 
sinful vessels. God will do what God does because God knows the heart of the individual that he's reaching. And so God will allow a word to be spoken through someone that is not right when the heart of that person over there is desiring to be right. God will set someone free from demons because God wants that person free and he'll use this person to set that person free. It has nothing to do with this person. Remember, it's a work of God. It's not a work of the flesh. It's not the person. It's God. And this is what he says. There's going to be people that do the work things that don't make it. And I want you to hear this because I I have experienced this with people in my life. They measure their spirituality by what happens through them, not in their relationship with God. Church, we have to have a relationship with God. Without that relationship with God, we have nothing no matter what tangible things are happening around us. We look in the word of God and he has something to say to us. Jesus himself is saying that there will be people that do what we would consider supernatural spiritual things that don't make it to heaven. It's crazy because I know Christian people who flock to people who do supernatural things that God does through them, right? And then we chase the people instead of God. And he's saying, look out, beware. Some of them aren't getting there. So church, as I look at this, I think, man, you know, just just let's all process this in ourselves here for a moment and think about it. If someone came in here possessed, and it's happened before, I've had this prayer and I've done this with people where, where God casts a demon out of someone right here in front of uh, myself and other people that were there, Right? I'm just telling you something here. It's important that we hear that. Just because we are involved in that spiritual activity doesn't mean that we're like everything's right with us and God. That's what he's telling us. So now as I sit back and I'm like, ooh, I really need to know what my relationship with God's all about. I need to know what this means. When, when Jesus says this, I don't want to hope I make it. I don't want to go up there saying, I know him. Yeah, man, we got this. I don't know who you are, because that's what he said is going to happen. Those that are confident about being with him don't even know him, and he doesn't know them. So as we look at that, it's like, okay, this is not to put fear in everyone's heart. We're not supposed to be like um, living in that timid, reserved, scared, I don't think I'm going to make it life, not at all. See, there's an affirmation that God gives us so that we can know we're right. And we need to know we're right. And so as I look into the word of God, it's not about me and you being confident in self. Absolutely not. Don't even go there. It's being confident in who God is and what God is doing and has done in our lives. And as I look in the word of God, this is what he tells us when we're reading 1 John. I love the book of 1 John. I gave a challenge to the people in the first service. I'm going to give it to you guys and those of you that are online. Listen, I would challenge you to read the book of 1 John Every day for the next 30 days. It's only five chapters. They're short chapters. Amazing book about love, about this relationship with God. I will guarantee, I don't care who you are, how long you've walked with God, if you would do that for the next 30 days, looking at that word and listening to what God says, you will be transformed in 30 days. Guarantee it. No no doubt in my mind. 
When we're reading the book of 1 John, though, we're, we're given some clarity and understanding about our walk with God, what salvation is, and all these types of things, a little bit of clarity for us. So we're looking in 1 John chapter 3 and reading this scripture, and this is the commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. No other way, church. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Just as he commanded us, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. All right. So it's like, it's so easy to look at this. So we're told right here in the word of God that first off in this relationship with God is the accepting of Jesus Christ and who he is. We know that he is the savior of the world, the one and only. You're not going to heaven without Jesus. So if any of your friends, relatives, and all these people around you in your life are spiritual and they think there's any other way but Jesus Christ, they're wrong. And you need to call them out on it. Jesus said so. God's word tells us that it's only Jesus. And this is what it tells us right there. The first step is that confessing, repenting, understanding, and receiving Jesus Christ as your one and only Savior. As a result of that act... We are called by him to love one another, right? Okay, here's the deal. Even when we accept Jesus Christ and we, have, we begin this relationship with him, in our human flesh, we can't love one another. That's why it keeps going. It tells us we have to live an obedient life to what God says too, and we already know we can't do that. So now he tells us the evidence of this relationship is the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So the Holy Spirit, see, God deposits himself in us. Holy Spirit, God, is in the heart of the believer. And now, because God lives here, I'm able to love you. I'm able to do what God asks me to do. I can actually live right because the Spirit of God is living in me and living through me. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's not about me. It's about him and what he's done in me, what he's doing in me, and what he is accomplishing for his glory. This is not about me. It's about us in our walk with God. You know, I hope you understand that. This is what God is doing in those who have a relationship with him. We've read the scripture uh, in the last couple of weeks ago, like on February 12th, the thing before um, the service before Valentine's Day, and we were talking about love. And we read some of the scriptures in 1 John 4. So you're going to hear these verses again, but we're not just reading those verses. We're going past them, but it's important for us to hear what God says here to us in that love section because it's critical for us knowing our relationship with God and how it works. So as we read this scripture, we're beginning in verse 7 of 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. <laughs> no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought into full expression in us. And God has given us 
His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Oh, man, I love that. Is that beautiful or what? I mean, it's so beautiful as we look at what God says to us. He says, like, salvation is the love of God in action. God loved us so much that he gave his life for us so that we could receive his love, which is salvation, in action. Now that I've received his love through that gift that God gave to me, I am able to love everyone else. And not only am I able to love everyone else, I'm able to live for God because the spirit of God is in me and that is the proof of this relationship. If you don't have the proof of the relationship within you, you don't have the relationship. That's God's word. See, you don't have a relationship without the Holy Spirit living in you. You can't live for God without the Holy Spirit living in you. You can't love God or love anyone else without the Holy Spirit living in you. See, prior to what Jesus did for us on his death and resurrection, nobody had the Holy Spirit within them. That's why the law wasn't good enough. It couldn't do it. They could try all they want, but they couldn't measure up or live it. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We know that. Church, you should know the Holy Spirit is in you, for it is the proof of your salvation. It is the absolute of my relationship and your relationship with God. You don't have one without him. Do we understand that, church? Is that clear to us? I want to hear if you say amen so you know that I know that you know. Amen. That's God's word. See, he says this is the assurance of that relationship. So I want to say this very clearly because there's confusion in the world about this security of a relationship with God. Your security in a relationship with God is found in the proof of the Holy Spirit living within. I am very secure in that work of God in me. And that is the affirmation of God's truth that I am living in him and with him. And that is all the security I need and that's all that we'll ever need. But we have to live and do what God says to remain in that relationship. Now, I know some people are uncomfortable when we say stuff like that because you've been taught otherwise. But I want to go back to the word of God and say, what does God's word say? Jesus said there's going to be a lot of people who do a lot of stuff that don't get in. Why? Because they don't have a relationship with him. You have to know that you have a relationship with him. I think it's pretty important, church, don't you? I mean, we're talking about eternity here, heaven or hell, it's real. One of the problems is, is we've, we're, we are eternal, and we feel eternal. I look in the mirror, and I can't believe how old I look. I, I mean, like, I look, and I'm like, wow, man, that's scary. I'm glad my wife's eyes are growing dim, you know? I'm like, ooh, sorry, babe. I apologize to her all the time, you know? It's like, mm. I know you didn't know what you were getting into, but here it is. <laughs> But remember, Jesus said, you have to love me. That's what I remind her of. Okay, but anyway, let's go on. So the problem is, is that I don't feel the way I look at all. I don't feel it at all. I feel so young. I feel like I'm eternal because I am. But see, the, the, the false sense of security we get with feeling eternal is we always believe there's a tomorrow. And we believe that for the people that live around us people that are in our families, and all those people that don't know Jesus, we have this false sense of security that tomorrow will always be there, and it won't. That's right. And they're going to either go to heaven or hell. 
And so the thing that alarms my spirit and soul deeply is the fact that we as Christians are timid about our faith. We're trying not to offend people and all that. Well, they're going to hell. Don't you think you should maybe offend somebody if it's going to save their soul from hell? Yes, you should. I'm not telling you to go be a jackass and get in people's faces in the name of Jesus, all right? So don't go there. What I'm saying is, I apologize if you think that's a swear word. It's not in my relationship with God because... I'll just leave that alone, okay? I'm just saying, like, it's like, let's let the Holy Spirit lead us. Remember, he's the evidence of what's within, and therefore, when the Holy Spirit leads us, he will lead us to actually speak about our relationship with Jesus to somebody. We're his ambassadors. We're the light on the hill. If we're not talking about Jesus to people that don't know him, what kind of an ambassador or light are we? I don't care who you are. You are called by God to share the message of Jesus Christ to your circle of influence. And there are lost people all over your life. And they need Jesus. And we're just like letting them go to hell. I don't want to offend them. Offend them. People that think they're spiritual, when you see it in their life, that they're not claiming Jesus, they need to know they need Jesus. Because they've been deceived by a false spirit that they're okay. There are people that are going to worship today and they're worshiping a false Jesus. Do we get that? And I know there's people saying, well, who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anything. I know what God's word says and I know what he's telling us. And I believe it. I am risking my eternal life on the truth of God's word, on the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. I am giving my life to that, and I will give my life to a church. That's how convinced I am, and that's the way we need to live our lives. So convinced that we're ready to lay down our life because we need to, and we're called to. Not just pastors, not just missionaries. Every single one of us is called to lay down our life and receive that power of the Holy Spirit to be the ministers of the gospel right where he's planted us. Now, as we look at this simple truth of what God is saying to us, see, um, the only way you can love God is to, is to have a relationship with him. The only way you can love people is to have a relationship with him because he's love. And then he says, you've got to live the life that I have called you to live, so we have to live in obedience to him. And the, All of this, right? So what about all that? Why are we even talking about that? With most of us as Christians who have been around the church, we know this is true. I hope you know that what I've been just talking to you about, you already know and own that. Do any of you know and own all that? Okay, those of you that don't, it is God speaking to you to bring you into that relationship to understand what it means. To those of us that know what it means, now we're going to take that truth and now bring another challenge from God's word. This isn't a second message, it's all included, just so you know. All right. (laughs) Maybe once we understand that, we should probably see the need to share that. The fact that people around us need to know that they know Jesus. And if we don't know that they know, we should let them know that they need to know. I hope you got all that. (laughs) All right? So we need to share the truth of the gospel with those people. See, there's people we live with that are going to go to hell. There are people we work with that are going to go to hell. There are people that we live life with all around in community that are going to go to hell. And it's almost like we just don't see it. 
and we're the ones that know it. And yet we're still being shy about sharing our faith and what it means to be a Christian. And it's like, Lord, help us to be bold as lions, to be bold about our faith and stepping up and living this truth for people to see and know. So the evidence in our lives should be able to be seen by others. Remember the light on the hill? People should know we follow Jesus. They should know. It's not a hidden thing. Okay? Now, with that, then, all of the things that we do know that Jesus tells us should motivate us to share the truth about Jesus with others, right? Those that don't know him. This should be enough motivation for us to feel the Spirit of God stirring us to make sure that we share Jesus with the people we love, the people around us in our life, those that God has brought into our life, because they are going to go to heaven or hell, and hell is real. And there are a lot of people that don't want you to believe that hell is real, but God's Word says it is. Jesus said it is. And so we have one way or the other is where we're going to end up. We're going to end up in heaven or hell, and people are going to go to both places and we need to know that we're going to heaven. And I want people that I know to go to heaven. We turn back to the most familiar scriptures in the Bible for everyone. In John 3, 16, 17, and 18. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Church, before I read the other two verses there, I want us to understand something. You see... It is God's will that everyone on planet Earth gets saved. That's God's will. This explains to us, if nothing else explains to us, this explains free will right here. For God so loved the world that he gave so that anyone who would believe would have that relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So it is available to everyone on planet Earth. God loves everyone and it is offered. Now, here's the deal. When we look at that and see that, God has already thrown a lifeline out to us and said, here's the way. Here's the way. It's Jesus. He is the way for eternal life. And now God has said to me and you, I want you to share that life with the people around you. God's plan is for me to you to let those people know who are spiritually drowning that there is a life and a hope for them found in Jesus Christ. And here, let's just paint a picture for us as we're in this boat and those people are down there in the water and they're about to drown. And right here on the rail is this life-saving thing, Jesus. And we're supposed to take it and throw it to them and say, grab on. Now they have to grab on but I got to throw it. And so many in the church are like, well, I don't want to put Jesus in their face. I don't want to offend them. So we watch them drown. Going out into a crisis eternity in hell for the sake of not wanting to offend people with the gospel. The gospel's offensive, church. Because it doesn't let us be us. And it calls us to live for him. Let's keep reading the scriptures here as we look in verse 17. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Do you see that? Like God already made a way. It is the only way. It's Jesus. Verse 18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Aren't you glad, church? Aren't you glad? Do you know that there is no judgment coming for you because of your relationship with God, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your heart? Do you know that you're set free from all of that? Do you know that? 
Amen. Yeah, we should give a praise to God for that, man. That's amazing. If you don't know that, you can. And so he tells us there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Okay, so it's, it's pretty simple. It's like you either accept Jesus Christ or you don't. You're going to heaven if you do. You're going to hell if you don't. Judgment's already been cast. It's on you. Jesus has made a way. God's love has called out and said, come to me. And anyone who doesn't receive it is going to hell. Done. God's law, God's word, God's way. That's not Dave's way. That's not CFS. That's God's way. And therefore, we have to receive God's way whether we like it or not. And we have to do it God's way whether we like it or not. And when you do it God's way, you're going to like it. Because it's the right way. And we were made to do it. It's amazing how it works like that. Isn't it awesome? So judgment is made by each individual in accepting or rejecting Jesus Christ as Savior. So with the rejection or lack of faith, we see clearly that people are going to go to hell. With the receiving of Jesus Christ, we see clearly when we have that relationship with him and the Holy Spirit, we're going to go to heaven. Let's go to Revelation 21 real quick, and we know this is the revelation of Jesus Christ written through the same John that wrote the gospel according to John, wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and now he wrote Revelation through the Holy Spirit's anointing. So church, I want you to see that Revelation is um, not a book to be feared, but to be celebrated. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's about the victory that God has already planned and in place for you and I in the church. It is the victory of Jesus Christ himself as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. So I look at Revelation not with fear and trepidation. I'm not worried about any of it. I celebrate it. I love what God is going to do because what God does is right and perfect. So stop living in fear of Revelation. Instead, celebrate it, okay? Let's look at what he says to us right here. Now, this one might scare some people, just to be honest with you. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Isn't that awesome? Church, that's amazing. I got chills just reading that, man. Thank you, God. You're amazing. It goes on. Here's the part we don't want to hear. The cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars... Their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. It's real. This is Jesus talking. It's real. Hell is real. And people that aren't in relationship with him, unbelievers, are going to go there. Think about the people in your life. Church, think about them. This is Jesus talking. And those people you love, just because you love them, doesn't mean they're going to heaven. So when we read that, it's not like Jesus is giving a list of sins that people that follow these sins are going to go to hell, right? He included unbelievers, so there's all kinds of stuff in that. So it's not like an all-inclusive list. So it's like, well, I haven't done that, that, or that, or that. Just stop it. It's in faith in Jesus Christ is where it's all about. However, let's just look at something. See, um, 
How we live our lives matters, and eternity is in the balance for every one of us. I want to go again into Mark chapter 9 and Jesus' teaching right here. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. This is Jesus talking. It's better to enter into eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot caused you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes to be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. This is Jesus talking. This is God Revelation, church, he's saying, look, this is how serious this walk with me is. If you're not living it and you're prone to go into your sinful ways, then you do whatever you have to do to get your life right with me and live for me. To the point of cutting off a hand, cutting off a foot, gouging out your eye. He's like, that's how serious he's telling us. Now, he's not telling you to go cut your hand off in a sense. I mean, everybody just go out and whack your hand off or gouge your eye out today. This is how serious Jesus is talking to us about heaven-hell relationship and living the truth in an obedience to God. I mean, it's like, church, if we're not waking up to this truth, how would the world ever wake up to that truth? Are you living for him? Are you living the way God has called you to live? All right, I'm, I'm not talking about like what you perceive God to be saying to you or what you think I think you should be living like. I'm saying, church, do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? And are you living the truth of the word of God in your heart in full obedience to what he's talking to you about right now? If you know that, then celebrate. If you don't, then repent. It's that easy. Seriously, I'm not, I mean, it's, oh. This is how serious Jesus is about this. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, it's worth it. Do you know that, church? Whatever it takes, it's worth it. There is nothing more important than that relationship with God through Jesus Christ for you or for anyone else in your life. Nothing is more important than that. It's way more important than your friendship with them. It's way more important than your job. It's way more important than anything we're on our action steps. I have four of them today. I'm going to have two of them at first and invite you to come to prayer and then give you the other two. What evidence is in your life that you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? We read the scriptures that tells us what the evidence is. It's the proof of the deposit of the Holy Spirit within. Therefore, church, I'm asking, do you have the evidence of the proof of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Do you know the Holy Spirit lives within you? If you do not, you need to come to the altar. This is something that Jesus says is necessary, and it is what we have to have to walk with him, to actually live the faith and have eternal life with him. Therefore, this is not a game. This is not a hope so thing again. So this is the moment of truth. Would you stand with me? Do you have that witness of the Holy Spirit within your heart? Do you know? The altar's open. Please. God is calling about the seriousness of this moment in your life. Will you respond to him right now? Right now. Church, the next two action steps are these. 
Who are the people living in your circle of influence that do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Just think and look around you. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about that? Would you begin by praying about that and then following the Holy Spirit as he leads you and how to deal with them? Would you pray about that? Would you seek him? Man, there is no other hope than Jesus. And you are that messenger of hope to them, to all those who are lost. We have got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, living in obedience to him and following what he says to us. This is the moment of truth for us, church. We've got to do this. If you're doing it, you're living it, you got it, man, celebrate it. This is not for you to just come to the altar just to have a check place, you know what I mean? Like, just be sensitive. Be obedient to the spirit that's within. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the evidence of that relationship. Father, as we are here in your presence and in the word of God and the truth of who you are, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. (laughs) Thank you for your people that are responsive to you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Bring conviction where conviction is needed. Encouragement where encouragement is needed. Empowerment where empowerment is needed. Healing where healing is needed. Gifting where gifting is needed. Holy Spirit, we give you free reign to do what Jesus said you would do through the power of the word of God and the plan of the fullness of the redemption that you have for us, God. We want nothing less than to be the Christian you died to make us and the church you died to make us. All for your glory and purpose, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.